0: Hello, and welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, a show for people who want to take their personal training businesses and fitness coaching skills to the next level. Team Alloy has been in the personal training business since 1992 and share their insights from working with businesses and brands around the world. Listen in for secrets and tips on running a successful fitness business from personal training, marketing, staff management, scaling your business, and everything in between. If you are interested in having your own personal training business, our systems are well developed, and we are focusing on very discrete segments, which we think are the secrets to success. Now, let's get started with our host. Matt, what's up? Hey Rick. What's happening today, my
1: man? You man, you. Things are going well, man. It's Monday, favorite day of the week. I do I do get excited for Mondays. How about you? Like Mondays? I do. You know, I'm not I'm not one of those that's like, oh, you know, back to the grind and feels like I'm on. Yeah, it's like if you do that, if that's how you feel, you should probably do something else. I'm definitely, what. probably the most productive on Mondays, I would say. I yeah. Usually, get in
2: and just knock a bunch of stuff out.
1: Yep. It takes a minute to shift gears from the weekend vibes, but I don't know. I'm always reading and thinking about business anyway. It's just fun. Just I enjoy it. your
2: motorcycle, clearing your mind.
1: Yeah, seriously. You and the elements. Zipping through the mountains. Believe me when I tell you, you can't think of anything else or you'll die. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. It's, it is.
1: It's like one thing you do that takes full concentration, takes your mind off of it. It's like, yeah, you're
2: like worn out by the end of that.
1: Yeah. You, you, do like, get, you get mentally tired. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of things, science around like going around really, you know, cause the, where we live is some of the best roads in the world really. And I've ridden in a lot of places and the roads are, you know, cambered and clean. They're not chipped up from bad weather that we don't get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's some of the best motorcycle roads in the world, but they are tight and twisty. And so, you have to pay attention. And there's some science about like your inner ear and like moving side to side in a sort of rhythmic way, what that does to your brain. Plus you have to fully focus on it at all times. So you can't be thinking about other things and that's good. So I look at it really, even though it's crazy and you think it would be like this adrenaline pump, but it's really more like moving meditation, but you are tired. Your brain is tired after because you really have to pay attention.
2: Yeah. you I mean, you have to be relaxed doing that. You're too juiced up. You're going to be We talked about it like you play baseball,
1: so like you (laughs) can't be like all tense. We talked about eyesight and the science of like widening your Mm -hmm. view and all these little things that go into making, doing anything athletic that has speed in it, like Mm -hmm. hitting a baseball or riding a motorcycle really fast. Kind of the same principles. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do to relax? Do don't want to know that? no.
2: I don't know if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got three oh, I little girls, man. I, air, man. I don't. I do know. If there's a whole lot of relaxing. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is podcast. Podcast. <laughs> um, I go to work. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. I work to relax. Yeah. I like work, man. It's awesome. So anyway, love Mondays. It's a. Like, it's a Monday here. We're pumped to be here. And today we're going to talk about how to design great programs for clients.
2: Yeah. So we uh we've done a our sales series and we kind of broke that down into four parts and really you know delivered it in a little bit different way. So we're going to talk about some similar stuff. We're going to talk about really more how what we do relates back to the clients and their programming and how and why we do that.
1: Yeah, the actual programs themselves. And Mm -hmm. so we talk a lot about technology and there's a lot of systematic things that come together to make these programs come alive. But for this next, we're going to do two part series. Part one today is going to be about how we sort of figure out where to place a client into the programming. And then part two will be what the how that works, like what it looks like out on the floor Mm -hmm. and and not necessarily from a business system standpoint this time, we're actually just going to talk about the workouts themselves and what makes them different. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So we'll start with how we start people out. So when we do what we call starting point session, which is this first one hour with a client, Mm -hmm. there's really two things. I think that from a programming standpoint that we're trying to extract from that, it's a sales session. So there's a lot of things that have to do with sales, but what are we pulling out of it for right. programming? I Meaning how to, how's it going to relate to getting them to programming? And the first one is the, um, we call it peeling the onion, but it's really goal and needs analysis. Mm-hmm. And I think for the purpose of this conversation, we'll call it health history. So if you're talking to someone, you know, what have they been doing up to this point? Yes, And there's a lot that you can glean from that, you know, based on their overall history. And then, and they're also telling you their goals at the same time. So it gives you a chance to sort of take notes and maybe mentally decide how you're going to manage expectations for them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they say, Hey, I've been running for 10 years, my knees hurting. I want to do this, this, and this, and and their proposed plan of attack doesn't really match up with what we know is going to get them the best results yep. in our programs or how they're going to relate to our programs. Mm-hmm. So it helps us with that as well, but really we're marrying health history with what, the functional movement screen, and that's a that technical you know way to measure the way that people move. That gives us a tangible score. So the way I look at it is, we have these two things: health history and the movement screen. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm going to take the most out of that. I mean, the health history—that's you know when we're trying to find that pain motivator and all that stuff—and we're really trying to find also for the programming's sake, you know, what they, have they been doing lately. Um, what have they done in the past? What injuries they've had now? Uh, or what do they ha- also have in the past? because you send you start marrying that to the FMS and that's when you really get to we're really good on the back end when we start delivering our programs because we're well ahead of the game more than anybody else right there.
1: Yeah, it's really a way simplified way to get someone from the door to the right programs, but there's a lot of science behind it. So let's do this. Let's actually start with the FMS. How, okay. how we look at that, right. how it relates to programming, and then we'll tie that into health history. Mm-hmm. So if you guys don't know about functional movement screen, definitely look it up online. I think it's functionalmovement.com. Just a really scientific way to measure movement. And we use a abbreviated version called the modified screen, which is better for general pop, gen pop, you know, adult fat loss, if you will. Mm-hmm. And really the way that we look at it may be a bit oversimplified if you're an FMS certified practitioner, but we feel like at scale and with the general pop clients that we have, it's really the right lens to put on it for our usage. And I would say for most of the trainers and coaches and studio owners that are listening to this, it's probably the right lens for them to use as well. If you're not doing strength conditioning level, high level athletes, if you're not a chiropractor, physical therapist, something like that, probably don't need to get too far down the rabbit hole with some of these things.
2: Yeah. I mean, we spoke to it before. It's just too much. It really makes them feel bad about themselves before they
1: start. So. Right. So you have to be careful with it. So we look at it as it, it's going to put people into one of four quadrants, mm-hmm. right? First one will be, they move well, so they have good scores in the movement screen is a scored process. They move well and they have no pain. And so we take that and we tie that to health history again to decide where to put them. So let's say, for instance, you had someone in that had a a really strong exercise background, meaning they've been doing a lot of exercise before Mm -hmm. they came to see you. You then take them out and you do the movement screen and they move really well. So they get good scores like twos or better through the rules. Right. And they have no pain then you could say, good to go. Now, what that means to us is we can then put them into our most advanced programming. If Mm. they have no injuries, no, and their health history is clean, and they're fit, we can put them into what we call our power-level client, which just think beginner, intermediate, advanced. Advanced would be what we call power-level client. Now, let's say it was the opposite or, or different. Let's say it was someone that had not been exercising at all, and they came in And now they scored really well. So they had great mobility and stability and, you know, thank thank their parents because they haven't been doing anything, right? And they score a really good movement screen score. Well, what would you do with that person? Well, that's why health history becomes, you know, something that we pay attention to. Because if you took that person and you put them into our most advanced level of programming, they're going to have movements, rep ranges, and volume that are going to be way Way out of alignment. Yeah. For a brand new is She's going to end up making them just destroying them, making them so sore Mm -hmm. that they're never going to come back again. So we can't just look at the movement screen and we can't just look at health history. So when we marry those two together, that's one scenario. Okay. Moves well, has no pain. Great. Okay. What's the health history look like? Okay. That's good too. And no injuries, bam, straight to the most advanced. That's really important too, because if you put a client in the wrong level and they perceive it as like too easy Mm -hmm. or too difficult, you're going to lose them long-term. So it is good for the business as well. But for a programming standpoint, that's how we do it. Now, the second quadrant for movement screen, we see a lot. That first one's like a unicorn, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Good luck with that 2%. (laughs) I mean, that's perfect. I would love love everyone to move well and have already been exercising. Nothing
2: hurts and you've already been exercising?
1: Right. Why are you here again? (laughs) Yeah. We see it every now and then, but it's not usual. And and again, we're personal training. So again, by default, the people that can afford personal training tend to trend a little longer in the tooth. And if you get some miles on you and you've been active at all in your life, you're probably going to, even if you haven't been active, you're going to have a few chinks in your armor. So the second quadrant, which we see a lot is moves well. So they'll get decent scores Mm -hmm. on the movement screen and they, but they have an ouchie, right? Have, so this would be someone pain. in our area, they're a golfer, they're a tennis player, they might play recreational basketball and they have something in their movement patterns that causes pain. Yes. Yes. It's like, okay, well then again, we're also looking at health history. It's like, they might've told you during the peeling of the onion Mm -hmm. that they play two games a week in a recreational basketball league and their knee has been bothering them. Mm -hmm. Take them out. You do the overhead squat. Ouch. That hurts my right knee. Duh. Right. And so how does that manifest itself in programming? Well, you have to balance the fact that they're, they've are they already been exercising. They're mm-hmm. relatively fit. They're going to want an intense workout to feel like they're getting their air quotations. For those of you guys who aren't watching, money's worth. But you can't do it in a way that's irresponsible that puts load and volume onto this injury. Right. right? So then you just simply notate the things that they need to work around. Again, we're not going to work outside the scope of our business, which is important. We're not going to fix pain. Medical professionals do that. We have a doctorate of physical therapy here that we can Mm -hmm. refer to. So if we're not going to fix the pain, we can still get them to their fitness goals by working around said pain. Right. So if a deep squat, you know, lots of knee flexion gives them anterior knee pain, refer out for that, Mm -hmm. but go ahead and level them in at their level. And then simply make notes that we're going to avoid a lot of deep or heavy knee dominant movements. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they can't do kettlebell swings and all these other things because they actually moved well. It just hurt when they did it. Right. Right. So that's second scenario. Mm -hmm. Third scenario, and we see this one quite a bit as well, is doesn't move well and is, well, this one we don't see, doesn't move well and is not in pain. And we'll jokingly say is not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, big ad word yet. Because if somebody has faulty movement patterns, so if they have a low movement screen score, and again, if you're using NASM, overhead squat, whatever your process is, we're just saying that you absolutely have to have some kind of a screen on the way people move.
2: Right. And then rules from that screen
1: to apply. Exactly. Exactly. So, what do you do with the info? That's Mm -hmm. another thing. You can do all the screens you want, but what are you really going to do with the information? Certainly, if you're trying to scale it in a business model Mm -hmm. where you can help a lot of people. So, for us, the person that is moves poorly but doesn't have pain yet, in your words, that person, we really need to make sure that we also look at their health history. And typically, if they move well and they're not injured, they are not exercising, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, there's just somebody that hasn't yeah. been
1: doing much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Move not well. Right. I said well. Moves not well and is not injured. Hasn't been doing anything, so they haven't exposed any faulty patterns. So you would say then, well, why would this person even exercise? You know, why would I exercise if I was putting myself at risk of getting in pain? Well, maybe you're overweight. Maybe you're, you know, borderline type two diabetic. Maybe there's other health issues. Maybe you want to improve your life. You want to be. You do want to start hiking with your spouse. I don't want to
2: lay on the couch all day. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'd like to be active. It helps my brain. Whatever that is. Well, great. Well, let's clean up your movement patterns first. So, for that person, not much exercise in their in their history. Doesn't move well, no pain yet. We just gonna kind of level them in again to a lower level of our programming. We'll get to our programming in part two, but a lower level of programming. And then there's one more quadrant, Matt. And the last quadrant is doesn't move well and is in pain. And you could say, well, they're not moving well because they're in pain or they're in pain because they don't move well. A lot of ways to look at that. And that's something where you really have to make a very conscious professional judgment call. Are you going to level them into your programming or is their pain and movement pattern so egregiously bad that you you would be doing them a disservice not to start by referring them out?
2: Yeah, definitely had some of those where it's like, I, you know, it's very few, but I've had people where like, I can't work with the just, yeah, we're going to have to go get talk to Joel or go see our our doctor.
1: Yeah, and it's a compliment in a lot of ways, but we would be irresponsible if someone came to us and they had something that needed to be treated mm-hmm. by a medical professional, and we took them on here just as a money grab.
2: They got to have some integrity, man.
1: Well, exactly. And I mean, we're like, we could probably get closer than any other personal training center that I can think of with the amount of education that everyone has, with the fact that we've got a doctorate of physical therapy on staff, we could probably make a go at it, you know, mm-hmm. and do better than most, but it's still the wrong thing to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had it where you had those clients come in and they're like, ah, you know tore my ACL. And I just figured, can you help me? Can you take care of it? I'm like, no. (laughs) But they really think that. Like I don't want to pay him too. So can I just pay you? Like what?
1: (laughs) Right. I know. I know. Well, and and listen, go get your therapy. We're certainly equipped with our programming to pick up the ball where the physical therapist or the baton when the therapist hands it off and go from there. The great thing, by the way, and that's a good point. It's a side note for the a functional movement screen is there as an SFMA, mm-hmm. which is the medical version right. of that. So try to find a professional in your area, a physical therapy group, chiropractor, whatever you're into that has the SFMA. That way you're both speaking the same language. You're running a modified adult version. They're running a, a highly medical version. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the tools in their toolbox. Then if you refer to them, they understand how they got there, the rules and conventions that you're using to get them to, right. you know, to send them over they also have confidence that when that patient's through with treatment with them and they send them back to you, you're going to be following those same protocols that they would. They've just sort of run out of insurance reimbursement, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, what do you get? Six visits for an ACL. It's like you are you might be fine to walk across the room pain-free, but you're not ready to go back to tennis or golf or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You need some actual like strength conditioning. That's where we would pick up the ball. So really, guys, getting them to good programming on the back end is about looking at health history first. Yep what have they been doing? And also, you know, what do they want to do, but just based on overall health history and some of them have a lot of it, right? So what is that along with, you know, good movement, use the FMS, Mm -hmm. have a process, got to marry the two, got to layer them together to make a decision about where to level them into the programming. And then the last thing that we'll say that comes out of that first session that we use for programming is what we call emotional work. And it's not necessarily based on like, you know, programming conventions or science mm-hmm. as much as it is just emotional, but it is important and it is part of our programming. So it's part of our systematic programming to allow for what we call emotional work. What is that? Well, that's something where, like, Matt and I are sitting down, as an example, in the starting point session. You ask me my goals. I tell you that my doctor has said, listen, your cholesterol's high, you're borderline type 2 diabetic, you know, you have a ton of visceral fat, you need to start exercising, mm-hmm. get your life together. My wife's been on my case. So I come in and sit down with you. You I list these laundry list of things that the reasons why I'm here. Right. But as a side note, I say, oh, yeah, you know what? And I wouldn't mind getting my arms a little bit bigger. Right. right. To which we laugh about because it's like, man, you have bigger fish to fry. Like, I don't think Rick's
2: missed arms in 10 years. Oh, what do you guys never. think? <laughs> I mean,
1: literally, I told this story. This was actually me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lost 45 pounds and gained it all right back in my arms. Uh, but that happens all the time, does it not? Yeah, or you time. have the person who just wants to lose this little piece of fat on the back of their arms. Or they grab like a little bit of inner thigh skin and say, just right here, or the outer, yeah. you know, the saddlebag area. And says, right here, you know. And it's just human nature.
2: There's sometimes they're very subtle when they tell you, so you really got to be listening.
1: Right. You know, but as part of a systematic way to program, you know, we can actually accommodate those little things if we can pull those out of that first conversation. Yep. And so the, the arms, and again, as long as it isn't something that's counterproductive or, you know, if they have an injury, as an example, you know, you can't just do things to make them happy. That's going to hurt them. I think it's kind of an obvious that's thing. True. But if you have someone that says, Hey, I really want to work my glutes, Right. I want extra glute work. This is my area. Well, instead of building a whole program around that, which we know you need to take a more overall holistic approach yep. to, to getting them in shape, there's nothing wrong with giving somebody a few little extras at the end.
2: Give them what they need, make them feel like they're getting what they want. Yeah.
1: And if you finish with the emotional work, which is the one what they want stuff, it's pretty sticky, right? It sticks Absolutely. with them. And especially as we talk about next time, you know, coaches – no matter who somebody's working with, knowing what those little things are mm-hmm. is really, really important. Yep. So, so that's the two things, Matt, that we use when we bring somebody in, we really dig into health history. Yep. We have a scientific way to analyze who they are mm-hmm. and where they're going. And then in part two, we'll come back and talk about exactly how we write programs to match this sort of induction process and the science behind our programming and why. Yep. Um, and it'll make a lot of sense and kind of tie all this together. Cool. Great stuff, man. All right, buddy. Thank Sounds you. good. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast. If you have any questions for the host or are interested in learning more about running a successful personal training business of your own, please reach out and say hello. Connect with us at www.alloypersonaltraining.com and sign up for our free newsletter to receive additional resources.